situation <laughs> one way or another. I've had a great weekend here, and I appreciate you. And he said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. It doesn't leave this room. And I was like, okay, buddy. I don't know if you're aware, but we're 402 episodes in Oops the Podcast. This is going straight to our audience. What are you fucking talking about? A comedian? I just did four sets. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. All right. Lots to unpack here. I got something for you. Please. Julio, Julio, I don't know where you came up with that idea. Dude, this guy was a huge turkey. What is this, Japan? Which is yeah. one of the reasons why I hadn't told you about it. No, and I also just assumed you were saving it for the pod if you were going to tell me. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course you were. Oh, but. yeah. Welcome back to Oops the Podcast. We have a rowdy episode today. I'm joined by Julio Gallarotti as ever. I'm enjoying Ryan's cookies. Yes. and These are Victoria's cookies Victoria via Ryan? Them. Victoria made them. I can't take the credit. Victoria's cookies. Chris, I hope that that Let's Go remains in the episode. Mm. Uh, if it, if it is think, recorded. No, it wasn't recorded. Chris screamed Let's Go Actually, no, it episode. is. Oh, yeah. She's got it. We, got, we can start right there. <laughs> we have Ryan Lynch uh, right to my right, and then, of course, Chris Casso on Chris Casso. the ones and twos. Now, <laughs> let me tell you something, Julio and Chris. Something happened this weekend. Yeah. I've been looking forward to hearing yeah, about it. Something Ryan, happened Ryan this has weekend that was absolutely delicious. Spicy. Oh, my goodness. Am I excited? Now... I wasn't sure if this was something that would be covered on the podcast, and so I certainly said to Ryan, Ryan, it is up to you, my friend, my dear young man, if you would like to share this. And what'd you say? Yeah, fine. He's on board. <laughs> so we went to Dallas. We had shows at the, uh, I don't mind mentioning the name, the House of Comedy in Plano, uh, all weekend. Great shows. A lot of great people came out. More people brought me some pies. You, all the shows are in Plano? Yeah, at the one oh. club. Yeah, okay. House of Comedy. Does everyone just bring you pie now? I think is that's kind of the thing. Is that your thing? That's I thing. would love receiving pies at my shows, so please don't stop thinking that that's a great idea. I really appreciate it. If you have a local pie place that's known for its pies, uh, feel free to stop. That's such a lovely gift. Um... So we had shows Friday, Saturday. The last show ends. We're feeling triumphant and tired, and we know we have an early flight the next day, like a nine thirty a.m. flight or something like that. Wait, this was you just were there one night? No, we were there Friday and Saturday, okay, okay, but it's okay. Saturday night now. Oh, gotcha. So we've done our four shows. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. We are uh, kind of winding down in the bar that is attached to the club. It's outside of the showroom. And there's like probably seven or eight people in there just chilling, you know, fans and some staff. And the manager of the club asks me to come back to the office and settle up. I go back with him. He's settling up and he hands me the numbers and things. And then he says, and there's, there's one more thing that, that's kind of uncomfortable that I need to talk to you about. <laughs> and immediately I start running the tape in what, my yeah, mind. What could I have done? What have I done? What have I done over the last... 48 hours to elicit this, I don't know, spanking that I'm about to receive, <laughs> you know, I, like prepare myself, bend over, pal. what's my defense, where have I gone wrong, was I insulting the city, oh, did I insult the club, did I, did no. I do anything wrong, and I'm thinking, my goodness, I, I don't know what I did wrong, and he said, um, and by now, he had closed the door, and there was, I, there was the booker came in, so there was another person in there. I'm sitting down, and uh, he said, that young guy that you have with you, your, your producer, what's his name? I said, Ryan. He goes, so I came into the green room. Now, one more piece of context. The green room, to call it a green room is generous. Uh, it was sort of just a storage closet. <laughs> That had a couch in it with a little mini fridge. And then there was a black curtain that could be drawn to cordon off the back third of the of the green room. Behind which there were a number of boxes filled with beers and booze 
that could be used to replenish the bar got it, got it, got it, and got it. that and whatnot. So he said, <laughs> I, I, I caught your producer <laughs> in the green room ripping open boxes behind the black curtain and stuffing his backpack with beers and alcohol. Oh, my God. And stealing from the club. And I said, no chance. There is no chance that that happened. And he goes, I saw it. I saw him do it. And I go, what? And he goes, yeah, I saw Ryan uh, go back there, ripping open boxes and stealing the booze and putting in his backpack to take home. Oh, my God. And I said, oh, my God. (laughs) Craziest turn of events. Oh, my God. God. Now, I want to bring Ryan back in, but this was this is what went on in my head. First of all, like I said to him, this is of all the people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> Ryan might have the most unimpeachable puritanical like well-behaved morally upright kind of blemishless persona of any person I've ever met. If I were to compile a list <laughs> of of the humans Dude. in my life that I know uh in the order in which they might be likely to to have done steal that. alcohol yeah. from a club that I was working at under my sort of b- brand um and to potentially tarnish us to that degree, Ryan would be very much at the bottom, the least likely, the most extreme, least likely person to to have done that. And I said that to this guy. I was like, "You you cannot understand how at odds what you're saying is with the young, the character of this young man that I know." <laughs> and I said, I, I, "Like I I wouldn't vouch." so vociferously for someone if I were not so astonished by these allegations, by these accusations. And the guy said, I, you know, I saw what I saw. <laughs> and I said, all right, hold on a second. I'm going to run out there and I'm going to get the backpack and I will, we can open it together. <laughs> and the guy said, okay. Oh, nice. So I ran out. Oh, hilarious. And I, I went out and I grabbed the backpack and I did not want to be stopped by Ryan for two reasons. I didn't want to have to lie to him about what I was doing and I didn't want to jeopardize the integrity of our investigation. Yeah, I got you. I didn't want to give this guy Protocol. any reason to think that I this this had been tampering. Tampered with. Yeah. When I picked up the backpack, it was so <laughs> fucking heavy. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've never been so certain that you're like, what the fuck? And instantly when I picked it up, I was like, oh, no, no, (laughs) he's done this. Oh, my God. He's done this. I don't know, Ryan. He's a degenerate alcoholic. Why would he be taking? First of all, we got to drink for free at the club. And the mini fridge had booze in it. Anything we wanted, There's we could no have. No reason to be stealing the reserves. We were going on it. We had an. Er- it was one in the morning, and we had an early flight the next day. Pre- the previous night, Ryan had had one, you know, alcoholic seltzer or something like that, and and yeah. and we'd gone to bed. This was not a guy that I had seen. First of all, beers didn't seem to be what he wanted, and and. Uh, <laughs> And I was like, man, we have a fucking early morning flight. Like, both of us have been on the same page this whole trip of, like, we're not going to, we don't like to be out super late. We don't want to go out, fuck around. Why is he taking alcohol back to his hotel room to just, what, drink by himself? And drink himself into a stupor? And then wake up tomorrow morning in, in so much pain for this early flight? Or is he bringing it home to New York to, like, drink with Victoria? Or sell to <laughs> underage kids? Are, are are things this bad for Ryan? Making sacrifices. So I rushed back into the office with the bag and 
I opened the bag, and sure enough, there was nothing but camera equipment and totally normal shit. And a boy never would do that. And a boy, right? Yeah, never Thank doubted you. it for a second. Bro. Now the the plot thickens here. <laughs> We opened the bag, I opened it, and I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, please don't let there just be, like... Dude, what an intense moment. Can we talk about this? Your heart's just fucking beating. Yeah. The way you guys described the story initially, I thought that you mistook this backpack for somebody, like, leaving a backpack at the bar, and you were having a hero fantasy. You were clearing... (laughs) You were clearing the unrecognized item from the train. There's a bomb in the lasagna! (laughs) 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 You know? Uh, this is wild, bro. Yeah. Wow. We opened the bag and I opened it slowly and I'm kind of rooting <laughs> around and there's no, there's no booze. There's no booze. And I'm thinking, oh God, well, okay, good, good. My instincts were right. And then the guy said, open that outer pocket. It's like a little pocket. I'm like, all right. And I open that, nothing in there. And he goes... Well, I don't know what he's done, you know, since I saw him. Maybe he put it in your car. And I said, we don't have a car. We've been walking everywhere. Yeah, we, where could he have put four it? Four blocks from the hotel. We don't have a fucking car. <laughs> and he goes, well, I don't know what he's done with the, the alcohol in the time since I saw him. And I was like, listen, we can go get him. We can get him to sort of explain whatever it is you thought you saw. What did you see? And he goes, well, I only saw him through that little slip in the curtain. But, yeah, I heard the boxes opening. And I said, okay, well, let's go pull the tapes from the security camera in there. And he goes, well, the security camera doesn't show what's happening behind the curtain. And I said, okay, how about we open the boxes and take inventory of what's missing, and then I can make you whole (laughs) on whatever it is you think he took. And he goes, I don't know what my serving staff might have taken in the interim to take to the bar. And he's moving his goalposts further and further into... Ryan's his guy, dude. Tenuous He wants Ryan. He's not going to budge. He wants Ryan down and out. He's made (laughs) up his mind about this guy. The more that this guy kept inventing cracks... Yeah the more I got a little bit angry. I, I could see that happening. And you'd be like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, like, like respe- respectfully, I just feel like you, you're coming at my guy. And I-, <laughs> I, I never went there. And I think you would have gone there, which would have, you would have been really good at that. <laughs> Thank you. You would have, you would have pointed out the weird hypocrisy and, and sort of called it for what it was. And I, I was still on defense and also gratitude because he hadn't handed me my check yet right 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 and i i was i was trying to make it all right but what a balance there was so much evidence in my favor piling up to discredit this accusation (laughs) and i was going my brain kicked into i was like in kind of come down mode from the shows like finally we get to relax and it cranked into fifth gear. Yeah, and you're really like trying to solve this problem here. You're like, all right, well, let's do this. Okay, well then, let's do this. Yeah, well- and I'm I'm really uh, trying to beat him over the head with logic. Yeah, and offering so many ways for us to get to the <laughs> bottom of this. And he doesn't want he doesn't want the full story. At this point, too, he's made such a serious accusation. That he wants it to be right. Exactly. Yeah. And I, he kept coming back to this. He kept coming back to saying, look, I don't know what happened, but I thought you deserved to know the type of person you have working for you. Jesus. And, and saying, like, if you plan to bring him to other clubs, I thought you should be warned about what he is liable to do. <gasps> and even even <laughs> after you're like, okay, well, there's no... Like, explain the alcohol being gone. He couldn't have physically drank all the alcohol. You also would have seen footage of him leaving the green room and moving it somewhere else. Yeah. That footage would exist. Dude, I'm telling you, it did not matter how many things I said in this guy's defense. And finally, we just I just said, okay, I guess we should, you know, agree that this is an unfortunate situation <laughs> one way or another. I've had a great weekend here, and I appreciate you. 
And he said, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's over. It doesn't leave this room. And I was like, okay, buddy. I don't know if you're aware, but we're 402 episodes in Oops the Podcast. This is going straight to our audience. What are you fucking talking about? A comedian? I just did four sets. You know that every, everything in my set is from my personal life. Everything that's ever happened to me that's entertaining goes in there. Of course. Dude. Of course. And and look, I, I don't even want to. You know what? I don't, I don't have any problem not protecting this guy. I it was such a a a bad accusation that carried a lot of um kind of it, it was a discrediting of of the young man that I had brought with me that I vouch for to my death and he wouldn't back off the point which is what made me think like all right well then you're going to get the smoke yeah that's crazy so you never resolved it not really what the he wouldn't, fuck? He wouldn't kind of come to my side or the middle, and I sort of wanted to let them off the hook and just said, "Okay, I really don't, I really don't think this happened, but you know, I'm sorry that there's been a misunderstanding here." Is it possible that like one of the staff was doing it? My guess is that at some point in the past, he's caught members of his staff or other people, mm. maybe other comedians, stealing from there, and that he's on high alert for it. Mm. Um, either way. I walked out, saw Ryan, and I was like, let's go. And he said, yeah. And we packed up and we walked out. And I thought about whether or not I was even going to tell Ryan. Because I know, as an anxious person, what that news would do to me. (laughs) But I couldn't help myself because I needed, I still had questions. It's too juicy. Yeah. And I told him, now, Ryan, give us your thoughts. So we're walking back to our hotel, and you stop me, and you're, you explain what happened. And you're like, this is why I took your backpack. And I was just shocked. I was just shocked. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I felt like, after Francis explained everything, I was like, no way, what the hell, what the fuck? I felt like I was accused of a crime that didn't happen, and like... There was no body to be found. Like, it just was so surreal to me. It made me very upset in the moment. Like, I just, I felt like I got in trouble. And it's just, I, I, op- I opened my backpack again because I didn't want any ounce of doubt in Francis's mind or that I took anything. To found. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so upset. I was just like, no. I was like, check the, tr-. like, no. I just, no. I was like defending myself at first. And then, whatever, Francis and I, we're, we're walking back. Night's ruined, just like, personally. <laughs> I'm just toast. Because even though I didn't do it, 100%. I'm still just like mentally just done. Dude, I'm pissed so- off right now. Mm. Yeah. This and, hasn't been resolved. And I, I went from being upset to being angry. And I'm thinking about some of the points that, that Francis mentioned, because he mentioned those points to me as well. Like, if... If he thinks that when Francis said maybe someone that works at the club went back and took stuff too, like you have footage of that as well. Like yeah. go back and look at that. Right. If when Ryan exited the green the boxes. room with his backpack, where yeah. did he put the booze? Did he stick it up his ass while he was still in the green room? The alcohol is somewhere in the building. But yeah. I don't think any alcohol was missing. I don't think, I think he saw Ryan. Behind the curtain, unpacking camera equipment. Nine assumptions based on that, and the question became: Ryan, what were you doing behind the curtain? (laughs) Yeah, which is what we want to know now. What happened? I know I've asked you this, but I want to hear what what was going on. (laughs) So I did go behind the curtain after the show. (laughs) That's tricky. That's a tricky wrinkle. But it was uh, it was for maybe five seconds, and I was just looking for. I think I was looking for the tripod bag, which mm. I think was behind the chair. But regardless, I was back there for a handful of seconds at most. You can, you and can, I just, yeah, I just didn't take alcohol. Mm-hmm. And thank God this guy said something to you that night. Because if he were to give you a phone call or if this came to you later on, there'd be no chance for me to like prove that like, there was, there'd be no evidence to prove. Oh, Even if it yeah. was the next day. The next day, Francis got a phone call and was like, hey, I caught your producer. Here's footage of him going behind the curtain for five seconds. Like, there's there's a shrivel of doubt. And the fact that I'm grateful that he did say something 
that night because you were able to get the backpack. Yeah, yeah. the backpack was. Thank God. That was dude. really bold and a good move. It bro. was the non-smoking gun. Oh yeah, yeah. It was the non-smoking gun, and and it was I the glove. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I dude, it was it was kind of fun. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, we are in the middle of a fucking Nancy mystery Drew. right now, and um. I went and got evidence. I rushed back. I didn't make. I didn't even want to look at Ryan when I got the bag. I just thought there needs to be untampered with uh, procedure here. I saw you running with the bag. I was like, I didn't think anything of it, but I was like, weird. Well, yeah. Why I is he running ho- with my backpack? I hoped that you. And I also was aware that if you tried to stop me with the bag, it might mean that you had you knew the bag was a. <laughs> A, a, a hot item that could sink you. Yeah. And you're you're like, Ryan, I'm sorry. I can't give you the bag this right now. I'll explain it to you in a yeah. second. Yeah. He's like, what's like, the Just fuck? give me the bag. Yeah. Like, Dude. Okay. So I have so many more questions though. Okay. So you went behind the curtain. The cameras can't see behind the curtain, but they can see beyond the curtain in the, mm. the rest of the green room, right? No. There's no, no. cameras in the green room at all. The, the, the cameras are here. And then there's green room, and then there's curtain. So you can't see the green room or the curtain. You could you could see the green room. Okay, yeah. So it doesn't matter what he's doing behind the curtain, because if he took alcohol, if he drank it behind the curtain, the bottle would be in there. If he drank it in the green room, you'd be able to see it on the camera. If he stuffed it in his backpack and re-entered the club, you'd be able to see what he did with the alcohol between the time where you took the backpack and brought it back to him. Every single thing can be tracked in this situation. Um, Even I, if he drank one beer, the bottle would still be somewhere. And he didn't. I know. I know. I think if Ryan went behind the curtain and filled his backpack with <laughs> booze, we don't see that happen. Right. And then he can theoretically take... I, maybe the whole club is is on camera. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Or maybe it's not. I don't know. Right. I right. don't know. If we, we, we never even got there. But even if you assume that every single room was on camera you'd be able to track where i were to drop a can off in the trash right and you you Even never left he... the building right no and yeah if he never left the building the evidence is in the building it's in the building so before you start accusing people of insane shit of like potentially life ruining shit dude imagine like what ryan said he calls later and you now don't know, I know. that really sets ryan back and Ryan didn't even do anything. I know. Even though you're you're pretty sure, of course, Ryan wouldn't do that. But you never know. But if I did. What if he did? But I'm glad that he, I'm yeah. glad that the bag was there. I'm glad it was dealt with that night. You're exonerated. As far you as were totally exonerated. <laughs> yeah. And you were pretty much exonerated before, before I even got the backpack. Because yeah. I was so assured of, of your just... This is so unlike it would, it would be so insane to learn that Ryan of all people is you know pilfering booze illegally at a club that I'm working at you know as my guy and uh and then presumably bringing it back to his hotel room to drink by himself in bed like a fucking degenerate dude it, none of it makes any sense. Uh, it could be, dude. This could be a Netflix documentary if it turned out that Ryan did in fact steal it. I know. If Ryan know. had stolen the alcohol, this would be a ex- the most destabilizing I know. thing I've ever seen. I would, I would potentially never trust anyone ever again. <laughs> <laughs> if Ryan did in fact stock his backpack with booze, yeah, um, dude. The moment you wouldn't believe, Julio. The moment where I picked up the backpack was. It was as if the world had fallen out from under me. It's a heavy bag. It's like it was as earth shattering as thinking that, you know, being a devout Christian your whole life and then some, I don't know, someone just proves to you that God doesn't exist. Right. It was so, uh, my mind immediately took 15 leaps of there's booze in here. Which means that Ryan did steal it, which means that Ryan drinks a lot more than I thought he did, is has very questionable character, um, probably has done this before. And also, what like Ryan, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's a deeper issue. <laughs> what a stupid way to do that. If you have a drinking problem or something, at least it would be more worth it to like secretly throw someone Francis's bill 
and be like at the hotel and yeah. be like, oh, how did that get there? So many ways. There's so many better ways I, to knows, deceptively steal like, alcohol. <laughs> he's, uh, he certainly would know, I would think, that I would be happy to buy him a case of beer at the fucking 7-Eleven or some shit. <laughs> 100%. If that's really what he needs to go to bed at night, um, like it, would, it would bring a, a bigger conversation, I would hope. But my God, yeah, so... Uh, you know, this happened, and it it really cast a pall over the whole whole weekend. Unfortunately, Damn, we had such a good like on a personal note. We had such a good Saturday. We yeah. walked around this outside mall, went shopping, then we got some margaritas and watched some NBA playoffs. Smoked a cigar during the day. Oh. Yeah, yeah during the day. And we went to this cigar bar. We wow. didn't even know. We just pointed up at this thing that was up on the on the up top thing, like roof deck kind of thing. We were like, oh, that looks kind of fun. We just sort of went to check it out, and they were like, ah, oh, we think it might be kind of full. And we got up there; it wasn't full. Sat down at the bar, Celtics came on, Wow! and it's a cigar bar, and the drinks are phenomenal. And we sat there, we occupied. I mean, we were there for four hours. Mm-hmm. Dude, so I, so you day drink before two shows? Not typically. <laughs> I don't think I'd be able to do it. I had, you know, two two margaritas and a and a beer, and that was... Wow. At the, and, and a cigar. I am not capable of that. It was, uh, it was risky. Yeah, but I I did it over such a long period of time that I was okay. And dude, listen, I'm not saying this in a. It's not a judgmental thing. It's no, just, I know. For me, like two or three drinks, like I will feel the two or three drinks wearing off. Not that I felt anything from them, but like the the wearing off, I become a little dehydrated. I'll become a little this that, and I'm just like not able to get through doing two back to back shows without it being really unpleasant for me i can yeah. do it the show won't won't suffer but i would just like be panicking i was definitely aware uh that unfortunately that i you know that i needed to drink carefully i was crushing waters in between drinks uh and really trying to take my time and, and be conscious of it which makes it a little less enjoyable but at the same time we did have an absolutely spectacular day the celtics wiped the, the hawks and then we watched some of the Knicks game, and then we kind of went back and started getting ready. Someone emailed us asking about how we feel about cigars, oddly. I don't know if they saw your... Did you guys post that you were smoking cigars? We didn't post anything. That's so yeah. crazy. Let me, see this. Let me see if this email is as pertinent as I think it might be. And I, well, I don't want to... So do you, should, we, should we wrap up first the... Yeah. Let's wrap up our thoughts here before we post. I mean... Um, you guys were having a night or a day, at least. Yeah, that, that but as, just to bring the the whole mystery to a close we i think it's safe to say that ryan did not do this thing thank you and <laughs> thank you that was what happened and uh i gotta tell you julio for as traumatic and kind of ridiculous as this situation was i felt very sort of empowered and i had risen to the occasion <laughs> And it was so nice not to be the one in the crosshairs. Totally. <laughs> totally. For once. It's much easier to defend another person oh, than yeah. it is to defend yourself. <laughs> and it was like, oh, oh, wow. There's no, there's no personal torment. My hackles aren't up. I'm not being forced. I, my back isn't against the wall. I am a court-appointed defense attorney, yeah. and mm-hmm. this guy has no idea that I went to law school for four days. <laughs> well, that was a really smart move to like not allow Ryan to tamper with the evidence, just to give him a shot mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. not only because you want to be able to prove it, but also because if you do talk to him, there's a chance that he could somehow manipulate the outcome. We should have brought you in. Yeah. I would have loved to have just been like here like what what did you see and over the weekend like fist bumping each other me and the manager we were giving each other fist bumps and haze and highs he was a good dude i was so i was so anxious and i don't know why but just just so anxious and angry when i got home because i was just so confused i ripped my thumbnail off yeah it was broken but like the nail the bad nail nail. the nail i had a nail that i jammed in a door back in december (laughs) and it was blue and made him look i just kind of just like I kind of just ripped it off. I just was like, I knew so angry and upset. I knew, I knew. I'm glad you told me though. And then we kind of regrouped in Francis's hotel room. I said, you're going to be for five minutes. You're going like, to be I'm bothered done. by this. We need to take more time because we were riding the elevator up together and we were on different floors. And I was like, I don't, you know, don't take this the wrong way, but I think you should come to my hotel room right now. 
and we need to like we need to decompress, decompress. a little bit more from this. <laughs> and uh, we did, and and then and then he did. It take a long time for you to get to bed? Um, a little bit, probably up for another hour. Wow. And did you wake up for a second, being like, ah, oh fuck, I forgot about that. Fucking <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to go back there now. I want to like talk through it more. I am upset for you yeah. that this guy thinks that about you. I know it's just so outlandish. That I just I just me. couldn't fathom all that evidence and somebody doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on something. Yeah, um, really fucked up. It's just weird. It just leaves a weird feeling in me. But yeah. I'm working through it. This I lady said- on the plane yeah. that I sat next to on the flight back, she was this older woman, and I really needed her energy. <laughs> she uh, she saw Francis from the uh, the lounge. He grabbed me some breakfast, and he hands it over to me, and she looks over. She's like, "Is that breakfast?" And I was like, I was like, uh huh. She's like, I love breakfast. <laughs> so that made me feel good. And then I got coffee, and she was like, mm, coffee. So that kind of helped disarm the anxieties that I was dealing with. Um, yeah. it's, it's okay. Ryan has, you know, we spent a lot of time together now, and Ryan has some unusual kind of quirks. Um, one being <laughs> that when we go back to the hotel at night. Uh, and it'll be late after, after the late shows, you know, on Friday, it was probably, yeah, one in the morning. I said, good night, said good night. And I learned the next day that after he goes back to his hotel room, this is not the first time that he's done this. He realizes that he's hungry and he gets up and he walks back out into the world Oh, nice! and hunts for food. Nice. He forages, forages. at one thirty in the morning. And we could be in in places that are there's no chance he's gonna find food, but he's so hopeful. Um, and he you go and you go and you find food. Yeah, I got to the fourth place. Kitchen was closing. It was disgusting, but I needed something. Yeah, it's not like unusual. Yeah, like in a co- in a comedian sphere lifestyle, like Sass goes to dinner at like three in the morning. Yeah, you know, like I just suck it up. I, I just say I'm gonna go to bed hungry. I I don't want to eat at this hour. That would fuck everything up for me. Yeah, for me, it's like I I get a big lunch in because I know I'm probably not going to want to eat the club food. Not only because I'm just like anticipating the show, but like I don't want to eat something that's going to bog me down or make me like have to go to the bathroom. But also just, yeah. And so then I usually end up missing having a substantial dinner. Right. And to your point, sometimes eating at midnight just like isn't the answer for me. But yeah, it's interesting. So anyway, that's our story. This, um, Danny Palmer does the same thing except for with girls. So we go back to the hotel. Hunting for women. All right, dude. Good night. Goes back out and forages for women. <laughs> I went to the bar, dude. Yeah. Um, dude, cheers. Another hangobi filled oh, sesh. The boys, the boys. Hangobi. Hangobi. You know me. You know me. Dude, uh, I got back from Philly and I was pretty hungover the next day in the middle of the week, which is a pretty tough Oops, pill to swallow. Yeah. But again, trying to just be. Uh, be good with my schedule and accept that uh, I have to peak at random times. But you bet your ass I cracked a hangobi. Sure did. And it made me feel way better. Mm. Uh, you know, the hangobi is designed for healthy lifestyle. Each hangobi has a uh, different utility, yep. which are both delicious and helpful. The wake wakes you up. Wakes calm, you up. calms you down. The essential. Keeps you going. Good for all moments. Yeah, yeah. It keeps you going. Uh, we love the, the crew over there. We love Conrad. We love hangobi. We believe in it. Uh, if you see it out there, tell the shopkeeper you love it. It helps. Uh, they are growing by the minute. It's a great beverage. It's a lot of fun, and it's really versatile, and you can mix it with anything. Hell yeah. So right now, go to hangobi.com. Use promo code OOPSIMHUNG for 30%, 30% off of your off. order. No apostrophe in I'm. No apostrophe in I'm. OOPSIMHUNG, 30% off, hangobi.com, or pick it up in stores where they sell it. Mm-hmm. Cheers, pal. Cheers. Okay, well, cigars. Let's see what this guy has to say about cigars. I'm very curious to hear your guys' opinion on cigars. Mm. Uh, recently, I've gotten a little more... more a little bit more into cigars with friends of mine uh, that partake in smoking cigars and how well it complements my affinity for bourbon. Uh, with spring upon us, golf season is around the corner. Cigars and golf are like peanut butter and jelly as far as I'm concerned. So I'm curious to hear from Francis. Uh, the other thing I've discovered is that cigars mask the harsher qualities of whatever you're sipping on. Uh, I've yet to try, but I'm quite certain that a Negroni would go spectacularly mm. with a cigar. Probably true. Um, and he also said that his wife enjoys watching him smoke a cigar. Mm. Which is kind of a hot take because I feel like sometimes they oh, smell. Yeah. Um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on the cigars? Okay, I I love cigars. 
Interesting. And I genuinely love them. How to, long have you liked them for? Years. Okay. Years. When I was in college, uh, I started to smoke them, you know, every once in a while. And I, I loved them then to the degree that I don't allow myself to smoke cigars basically ever because I worry about how much I like them. Interesting. 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 And I, do, I did not know that about you. I do find them kind of gross. I hate the way that my mouth feels for two days after. Yeah. It feels like you ate a bunch of Captain Crunch. It's so noxious and yeah. pungent, and it remain it, it entrenches into your pores, your clothing. You wear it with you. I never feel more hungover than after a, a night where I've drink drinking and, and smoking cigars. cigars. Interesting. Um, it adds another massive wallop that you have to overcome the next day. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm kind of against them for myself, despite loving them. You're a warrior, bro. F- few drinks, cigar, fully able to crush two shows and defend Ryan. I was, I was seeing the ball, dude. I was <laughs> seeing really the solid. ball. <laughs> really solid. Um, Ryan, what about you? Um, kind of the same thing. I enjoy them. Nice. But. It does make your throat feel like a dirty chimney the next day. Yeah, yeah. my mouth. Um, yeah, that's probably the worst. It's it's all the after effects that I think are the reason that deter me from doing it. But well, I do enjoy them. For for what it's worth, when you know we were sitting up there at this at this cigar bar and it was outside and we we had such a good seat, such a good situation, and there were just pairs of men all around us, cool men, smoking cigars, mm-hmm. and they were looked they looked so cool, and we could smell it, and we were thinking, oh, that's cool, we but we're not going to do this. it. And we were there for about an hour and a half, and I said, "I gotta have a cigar." You found there's like a machine. They, they had they had a, a menu. Oh wow! It was a full blown cigar bar. That's cool. And I said, "Let me get one of those." And I said, "Do you want one?" And Ryan was like, "No, no, no, I'm good." I was like, "You can have a puff of mine." So I'm I'm smoking the cigar, and I don't know. Ten minutes in, Ryan was like, "I'm gonna have a cigar." Nice. And he got one. And dude, we smoked these cigars down to the bone <laughs> i mean it was like a roach Dude, in our fingers that's crazy yeah we really we really earned them good for you i've never like really gotten into them uh my dad will occasionally go back and forth with liking them my mom hates how they smell and she always gives them shit um but i've never like gotten into it or not i've smoked cigars before but like i'm yeah I'm, if someone's like you want one i'm usually like no i'm good but yeah i, I probably have Two a year. Mm-hmm. And I will say that I think one of the big keys for people who don't really like them is you you should make sure that you, you smoke one that's mild. Mm-hmm. Because if you smoke a heavy, dark cigar, you can get sick from yeah, it. Yeah, that's happened to me before. It's too powerful. It, that level of nicotine and whatnot will send you reeling and make you feel nauseous. Mm. Um, you got to kind of ease your way in. Dude, in my old neighborhood, or not my old neighborhood, my dad's old neighborhood in the Bronx, there is a place where they just roll cigars, and it's like a pretty big operation. It's pretty sick. Mm. If you're ever up there, you should That's check it cool. out. That's cool. Yeah. I've been to weddings where they had cigar rolling tables, oh, you cool. know, that's and you're cool. like, oh, that sounds fun. And you, you smoke like three puffs, and you're like, wait a second. I'm being, I'm expected to dance for the next four hours. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to, I can't, I can't fucking smoke a cigar right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the... It's funny. Sometimes I associate cigar smoking with like comedians who are trying to like get in with better comedians because <laughs> I see like like it's known that like some big comics like cigars and then yeah. you'll see these guys acting like they're cigar aficionados. I'm like, I know what you're doing, pal. Yeah, it's a good point. You know, <laughs> yeah. Rogan will have cigars on the podcast. I think Burr likes cigars. Right? Burr loves them. So does uh, I, I know that uh, Bobby Kelly is really into mm. cigars um, and they pull pull it off really well. I worry that um if i were to go on rogan and he offered me a cigar and i smoked it then nobody would think i was doing it for any reason other than to right to to like you know code switch for his right. benefit you know right, right dude i would say if someone's like what is your like dream appearance in comedy i think being on rogan would probably be absolutely it, right what like else more is there? No, but more so than like doing the late late night spot. Yeah. Or I'd rather go on Rogan. At this point. And I don't know if that's controversial or not. It probably is. I don't think it is. I don't think it, I think 
I think it would do a lot. It does a lot more for your career in theory. Yeah. In my head, I think I'd be good on it. I have this thought where I'm like, dude, I would crush it. I think you would too. But then I'm also like, all right, dude, relax. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Putting it out there, you know, hopefully the boys will get on there someday. I would bet you that the next people we know who will get on there are the, are you garbage guys? Uh, I bet you that they're kind of in the batter's circle, the on deck circle. They're getting there. They're one or two degrees of separation away. They're on their way. Yeah. Guys, if you're looking for a good gift idea for this Mother's Day, we highly recommend the Skylight Frame. Skylight Frame. Really cool idea, really cool concept. It can hold thousands of photos that continuously rotate through, uh, bring daily joy. You can kind of curate it however you want. Good opportunity to customize some stuff, and it's very user-friendly. Like, There's no real learning curve for anybody in the sort of older generation, uh, and it's easy for anybody to use. You can upload from anywhere. Uh, via sort of like an email link. Very, very cool. Um, Skylight Frame has a gorgeous 10 by 15 touch screen. You can swipe through the photos with your fingers. Uh, and yeah, it takes literally less than a minute to set it up. Preload with your favorite photos for a special mother di- Mother's Day gift. Uh, and you can surprise them with photos that they didn't even know you had. What a fun thing. Right? Mm, so fun. Uh, now as a special, special Mother's Day offer, get 10% off up to $30 off of your frame when you go to skylightframe.com slash oops. Uh, that's right, 10% off. Up to $30 off of your purchase of a Skylight Frame. Just go to skylightframe.com slash oops. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E dot com slash oops. Dude, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, one, if your parents came to your show, right, and I guess it, it, this exists in a vacuum for me because it's specific, but like, how do you react to people, non-comedians, telling you they have suggestions for you? And they could say that broadly. It might not be specific to a joke. You don't know what it's going to be, but it's a suggestion. And they're like, hey, I have a suggestion. What, how would you react? I would just say, go ahead. Love to hear it. And then I don't hear a single word they say. Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's a good way to go. I just go to a complete fairy tale land yeah. in my brain. I, there's this. Someone on the airplane was watching Friday Night Lights, the movie mm-hmm. with Billy Bob Thornton. And there's a scene in the early going where Billy Bob Thornton is at a dinner party with his wife and a bunch of people from around town. Season's about to start. And there's a woman trying to give him advice on how to run their offense. Mm. And he's just very politely being like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. And it's like, that's, that's what that's it is. That's good, right? Yeah. 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 She's like, you got to give it to that running back. Just run yeah. him into the ground. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so part of me is like, okay, I don't want to like fall victim to like the classic hubris that people who are quote experts in their field fall into where like they, you somehow cannot see something in the big picture that everyone else can see. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't want to just blanketly discount people's feedback. So I'm open theoretically to hearing what somebody has to say. If I don't agree at all, I'll just be like, thanks. And if I do, maybe I learned something, you know what I mean? But my, my dad does it. and He tells you? Dude, so he's been doing it for years. He's been pitching me bits. <laughs> and he's, he's not batting a high percentage. <laughs> he really isn't. He's a very funny person. He's a funny guy. He's a lot of funny stuff to say. Uh, he gets upset. I mean, like, he'll, and he doesn't even know when he's being funny sometimes. Like, he was upset that he got a ticket from a camera in New York City for something, for driving the bus lane, Reverend. He's like, He's like, surveillance state bullshit. He's like, he's like, you know what? He's like, this is why when there's a coup, they line up the leaders of the country and they shoot them in the back of the head. <laughs> like, dude, that's hilarious. Right? That's great. How funny. But when he's like, yeah, man, yeah, man, just talking shit. And then he like pitches me a bit. I'm like, dude, Jesus. I'm like, you should do that. You do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And for years he's been. So when, and here's another one, dude. Oh God. I don't, I don't think I told you guys this. If I did, uh, please, please tell me and I'll stop talking. But um, my, I told my dad, I'm like, it would be fun if we like did a vlog sometime. He goes, yeah, yeah. He goes, we should show up to the airport with Ninja Turtles suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> and I like didn't really react. And he's like, that would be funny, right? I'm like, I don't know. I was like, I, I'm good, but you can. <laughs> I was like, if you want to do that, go ahead. He goes, why don't you want to do it? I'm like, I don't know. I just don't think it's funny. 
He goes, why don't you think it's funny? I'm like, I just don't. He goes, well, what if other people think it's funny? <laughs> I go, it doesn't matter because I don't think it's funny. So I don't want to do something that I, if I don't think it's funny, I'm not going to understand how other people think it's funny. He goes, okay. I was like, you know what's funny? The fact that you think it's funny. That <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you think it's funny to bring a Ninja Turtle suitcase to the airport, even though it's not funny. That's maybe the only funny thing about this. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He goes, oh, okay. Like, so this is what I'm dealing with. This is what I'm dealing with. Uh-huh. And he comes to my shows in Rhode Island, which, by the way, amazing, really, really great comedy connection. What a great club. Um, he, they came to my best show of the weekend. Too. Oh, awesome. It was this amazing show, like really, really solid. Uh, had a great time, great crowd. And it was like one of those sets where like, you're discovering more laughter and like soaking in it because it's going so well that you can really like lean into the bits, right? That's awesome. So he call he texts me and he's like, I'd like to give you a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what the fuck is this suggestion going to be, dude? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The last suggestion he had was that I pick venues with appropriate capacity to the amount of tickets that I'm going to sell. <laughs> he goes, you know, that was a really big room. He's like, you know, I think maybe you, you should do a spot that was that seemed more full. Oh, golly. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. Uh, next time, I'll call the club and ask them to bulldoze 75% of the venue <laughs> uh, and reconstruct it in a way so that it specifically suits the amount of tickets that I've sold, yeah. which is information that I won't know before two hours before the show. Great suggestion, dude. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so anyway, so this is what I'm working with. So when he says I'd like, he goes, I'd like to give you a suggestion. And I sat there and thought about it for a while because I'm like, this is fucked up to not listen to your father. He's your father. He's a smart guy. He knows stuff. Uh, so why wouldn't you listen to his suggestion? Uh-huh. And then the other me is like, well, his suggestions are, haven't been that great for many years when it comes to this. And quite frankly, you're the one who does this. You're progressing in your career. He's seen you go up there and make people laugh. What could he possibly be suggesting? Uh-huh. And I'm like, you're right, me. You're right about that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so uh, anyway... I don't say anything. He calls me and he goes, I have a suggestion after texting me and me not respond. I go, okay. And this, tell me if you think I handled this right. I go, just so you know, before you give me this suggestion, you're not, you don't, you're not batting a high percentage <laughs> over the years. So if you give me the suggestion and it's not a good suggestion, this will give you even less leverage than you already have <laughs> to give me future suggestions. Uh-huh. I just want you to be aware of that. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, I just wanted to. I'm like, all right, I'm sure you wanted lots of stuff. I want lots of stuff too. Uh-huh. I want stuff. But in this situation, just remember that you're about to give me the suggestion. He goes, okay, okay. Gives it to me anyway. It wasn't offensive. It was, he didn't need to give it. Do you want to tell us what it was? Yeah, yeah, okay. So I do a joke about my name, right? And I talk about how my dad has the same name as me. And I ask him why he would give me that name. And at one point, as sort of a throwaway line, I'm like, I say that he says, I hated my name my whole life. And it's sort of like the last moment of the joke before I transition. And he's like, I think that if you said that and then you just like stood there and like waited a little bit, you'd get a bigger laugh there or something. Hmm. And I was like, all right, that's not like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. That's fine. Like that <laughs> might that might be true. Thanks. That's it. Moving on. Okay. I, so are you going to give him that as a uh, a positive credit? A neutral credit or a negative credit? Has he earned more? That's a neutral. That's a neutral. Neutral. Yeah. But what if you do it and it he's right? Um, are you gonna try it? I sort of have already, and I feel like to be honest, that that moment in the joke itself is losing. It's losing its ability to stay in the set because at oh. one point after he, he's like he says, you know, they they wouldn't let us leave the hospital until we gave you a name, right? That'll sort of get something. And it's sort of, you know, trickling down, moving into the next thought. And then he says, you know, I hated my name my whole life. And he starts sort of like pontificating about it. And it's just very, very hit or miss, more miss than hit. So he might be right, but I still am not super sure if there's anything there. But so for that, I give him neutral. Interesting. Because it was it was sort of a moot point. Like he didn't need to go there on it. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but in in another way he suggested something that you had already sort of started doing yourself at times. Right. Which makes me think that he is somewhat thinking in a similar way to you, at least on that point. Totally. And that's fine. But acting then, then if he's seeing that acting as if it's a suggestion. Oh, he saw you do that. No, no, but he saw it in general. So he'd be like, you know, on those jokes where you were really riding it, riding the laughter, whatever that really worked. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's an observation. That's fine. Right. 
talking about the show. Ooh, this was good. Especially, and it's a positive one too. Very open to that. Mm-hmm. But when it turns into a suggestion, fine. But of the hundreds of suggestions you've made, very few of them are sticking. <laughs> so why would I take this one seriously? Mm-hmm. And to your point, it's like, it's fine. He's not wrong. You know what I mean? And it's okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. And there's a big picture understanding that goes with that. You, when you're doing really well in a show, it allows you to do a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, it, it makes it harder to sell those things because now you're just doing them in silence mm-hmm. and it's weird. Yeah. You know? Right. So I don't know. Interesting. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I don't want that. Did that, come off? I, no, Did that no. come off as like angry? No, no, no. That's okay. great. Uh, I have experienced a, a slightly different phenomenon, which is that members of my family think that by virtue of me becoming a comedian, it must mean genetically that they are funny too. <laughs> <laughs> that g- given how similar, you know, we were all grew up in the same house. <laughs> And my sister and I are so related, and my dad gave birth to me. My mom does not quite subscribe to this, but my dad and my sister certainly have thought, oh, oh, we we have that in the family? Oh. That's funny. Then we should all try, you know? Where's, I just need to dust off the, I need to unearth this talent that he was fortunate enough to to try to find mm-hmm. but which was we all must possess um and i'll get suggestions from her all the time i do get suggestions for bits from her um and then and she likes to tease me and say like she'll say something funny at the dinner table and then she'll look around and say i think i'm the funniest one in the family right you know things yeah, like that and just yeah. to try to get my goat <laughs> um my dad will he he does dad jokes and now does them with more uh certainty and uh kind of really tries <coughs> harder than he ever has to <laughs> to make things that aren't funny funny yeah yeah I know that's that. his brand yeah yeah you know and he's got some tried and true hits whenever we're at a restaurant and the waiter brings us the bill. He hands it to me and says, my father's paying. <laughs> Which I- I'm telling you, he's been doing this since I was three. <laughs> and now it somehow like the people dutifully laugh because they are working for tips. And he takes that as... That joke kills that that's still got some legs. That's pretty dude. You know what's funny? In that situation, in this weird counterintuitive way, if you as the wait person the waiter or waitress, whatever, uh doesn't laugh, I would actually tip more. Because <laughs> I'd feel bad yeah. about doing that. <laughs> you know? In this like weird way. I'm like, oh, that's kind of funny. Yeah. My um, my grandmother's name is Connie, and he calls her Connie Lingus. <laughs> Oh my god! That's pretty good, dude. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one. That is honestly really good. It drives my mom insane. (laughs) That is good. Yeah. Your his mother. (laughs) His uh, my my grandfather, my late grandfather's wife. Got it. Got it. But they were married my whole life, dude. So she was our. That is that's a pretty good one, dude. And is our grandmother. Uh, that and then there's a cottage. We have a cottage, you know, which you remember where we got married. Yeah. Um, and uh, my dad calls it the instead of calling it the cottage, he calls it the <laughs> he calls it the Quidditch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. For no reason, just no reason, other than that, it irks my mom, <laughs> and he keeps doing it. <laughs> the Quidditch. The Quidditch. Yeah. Um, dude, that's so funny. Yeah, I guess like as you get older, you just get quirkier. Maybe I'm not really sure. And again, I can't always place whether or not my dad has always been like this, or if not. Because, all right, for example, we'll go to Sugarfish every once in a while. He's teaching in the city on Mondays, and he'll get out at like a really early time. So we'll get to go to Sugarfish before there's a line. It's like mm. a randomly early ass dinner, right? So he tries really hard to be polite and stuff too but still ends up doing this kind of like funny stuff. So for example, he at sugarfish, they kind of skimp you on the ginger the first go. Mm. And then you'll be like, can we get some more ginger? 
And I would say that asking for more ginger once is like the sort of average amount that somebody will do it. Mm-hmm. And if the people are, if the people are being really nice, they'll bring you a couple when they refill it because they know and you're like, okay. My dad has done this thing now where he's getting ahead of having to ask for it in advance. So before he's run out of ginger the first time, and since there's not a lot of people, he'll even say that. He'll be like, you know, since you're not that busy, he goes, would you mind bringing me a lot of ginger? Because I love ginger. He goes, I'm a big ginger guy. Then he goes, I love your ginger. I'm like, dude. (laughs) (laughs) This most recent time he said, I love your ginger to them. And it just sounded this weirdly like inappropriate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then he'll say, thank you so much. He'll, he'll ask for more hot water seven times with the tea. But he says, thank you so much every time. And I'm like, why? Like, why am I? I'm wrong. Uh-huh. You know, why am I uncomfortable about him? He's just asking for stuff that he's allowed to ask for and being really great, gracious. Uh-huh. And he's even thinking enough to ask ahead of time <laughs> to be like, well, you're also not that busy. He's really... It's almost like he's doing it as much for me as he's doing it for them. Do you think and I that, really appreciate it? Do you think that there is any part of them that takes him saying you guys aren't that busy as a slight? No, because um they know how busy they get. No. So he's well, like since true. you're not that busy right now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cuz okay. he'll be like, "Oh, we came at just the right time, huh?" Yeah, like yeah. like grooming mm-hmm. them for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, just came just the right the time. Any any table we want, huh? Mm. Speaking of which, yeah. Dude, by the way, I saw something really crazy at Sugarfish. I was going, I was there with Hill Dog. I saw something crazy happen. Okay, so I didn't realize what was happening in the moment, but I don't need to tell it that way because it makes more sense telling it after the fact. Take notes, Ryan. Mm-hmm. I was excited. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, we oh, oh, this woman's walking back from the bathroom, and she faints. She collapses. Oh, cool. And it wasn't faint. <laughs> No. Oh, it's just not something you get to see all that often. Dude, it, it was it wasn't a faint like yeah. it was a like boom oh, like, yeah. down like Damar Hamlin oh, sort of faint situation where like yeah. where whether or not the outcome might not be that bad we don't know that initially right she didn't swoon yeah <laughs> it wasn't a swoon catch me yeah it wasn't gentlemen. like that. Yeah. And the way that it, it sounded when it initially happened, I thought that like an old woman had literally keeled over from, from the booth and fallen onto the ground. Oh, that's what that's what I had thought had happened. That's not what happened. That's what I thought happened. Now, mind you, this is the smaller Sugarfish location. This is Midtown. Um, it's very, very small. So like something like that happened impacts the entire restaurant. So that happens initially, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, kind of the, the normal noise goes to the lower. And I see this guy turn around. And go, oh my God. I think it was his girlfriend, dude, or his wife or something. He goes, oh my God, call, call an ambulance. And he runs over. And I was like, holy fuck, dude. This is like this insane moment. And everybody in the restaurant's just silent. And it's like, and the guy sitting next to me kind of like, po- like, kind of like nudges the guy next to him, being like, oh man. <laughs> and that guy was having nothing of it. He was like, this is funny, dude. Like, you shouldn't be. It was this weird moment where suddenly, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. She ended up being fine, I think. An ambulance came, took her out of there. But it was like a really fucking intense moment, dude. Mm. I don't know. So that, wow. that's sort of it. But I've never, I, I don't think I've ever seen something like that. Where like, yeah. especially in a place that's like leaning in the fancier. I know it's not like that. It's not that like expensive order, but it's like slightly fancier clientele. Yeah, yeah for sure. And to see when, when the high like parts of society like get rocked like that, where people are so civilized. They're so polite. They have all these ways around the uncomfortable things around in the world that when you see something like that happen, it's interesting to see how everybody reacts. Yeah, there's no... You can't bury that under the rug. You can't ignore that. Yeah. It's in your face. Yeah, I thought she was died. I thought she was dead. That's what it felt like initially. Thank God she was fine. But it was like really stressing me out because seeing that guy experience that, it made me think like, what if it was my mom or my girlfriend or... You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. It was an intense moment. For sure. Dude, I've seen a couple things like that before. One time I was skiing uh, I was ski mountain when I was, I don't know, probably nine, Sugarloaf up in Maine. And I was sitting on a bench down at the base of the mountain talking to my buddy's dad, who was a doctor himself, but he wasn't skiing. And people are walking around. It's a highly trafficked area. And an older guy who was quite tall. Uh, in full ski gear is walking down a little slope and he slips and falls and next thing you know people are performing cpr on him. wow right there wow and 
he had had a heart attack. I wow. thought he had just slipped in the Damn. snow, but he fell hard and he'd had a heart attack and people were performing CPR and they saved him. Wow. They saved him because of the CPR. Wow. Which is pretty cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And then another time, this was in COVID. We were up in Maine and we were in Portland, Maine, and we were walking down this street, 4th Street. I think it's 4th Street. Might not be 4th Street. I don't know. It's a cobblestone street. It's a walking street only. Highly trafficked as well. And all of a sudden behind us, I heard what sounded like a, a clap, like a smack. And a woman had fallen on the cobblestone streets. And what broke her fall was her face hitting the cobblestones. Oh. And she stood up. She wasn't making any noise. But blood was like pouring, down pouring off of her like mouth and nose. And fa- injuries like that, too, always seem worse initially because you just bleed more. Yeah. You gush. It was sickening. It's something that even now, when I think about, kind of because of the sound of it, uh, gives me a, a tough feeling in my stomach. Jesus. The only person who likes that is Ryan, but in in a, the context of a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. No. <laughs> Which is, oh, Ryan's, that's that's a random red flag about Ryan, Ryan there. Ryan does dude. like that. He does <laughs> like that. love of horror. Yeah. That's scary, bro. Um, got it. <laughs> so, dude, so speaking of which, at Sugarfish, before this all happened, it reminded me of something that's really fun. That's a fun game. Uh, I'll play this with Hillary. And it's father and daughter or a couple. <laughs> that's a fun game to play in New York. You don't, all, you don't always know. Uh, any place where people, ha- any city where people have money, it's a game that you can very much play. You're talking about. A 25-year age gap? Sure. 25 to 35-year age gap? Maybe. Like, whatever the age gap might be, yeah. Enough that you're like, not. it's not 100% clear. And here's a good one, dude. We're wow. sitting next to these these two people, and they sort of looked the same. So I was like, oh, they must be related, right? Because it's this older man and this young woman. And their nose was so similar. Because we're Hillary and I are texting about it. I'm like, what do you think about these two? She's like, <laughs> I don't know. But then this is this really threw us for a, a thing. They had very different accents. The one guy had like a Scottish accent or uh. something, and the girl was like talking like this, uh, a very very thick whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, well we're near the UN, maybe, <laughs> maybe the, <laughs> you know, maybe this is like a colleague mm-hmm. thing or whatever. And she also and she also, she had this big leg tattoo, and then I'm like, maybe this is like a for hire situation. Not that the leg tattoo means anything, but this guy with her, I don't know. Anyway, this is a very fucking fun game to play. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. That's cool. Unclear what happened. Did I ever tell you really quick, speaking of the UN, one time I went to Nobu for a birthday and a fancy sushi place. And I remember that there was a table, there were two two tables away. There were four or five clearly incredibly important people. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm guessing presidents of countries. Gotcha. That level, um, where it was, and and I think it, I think it was a- presidents of African countries. Okay. Um, they were wearing like the thing. Yes, and then in between their table, they were in the back, and in between their table and our table was a table of about eight Secret Service guys oh, wow. who were fucking humongous <laughs> and they were huge and they had the squiggly earpieces in and they were strapped they had guns like uh, ospreys landed at table yeah. 12 and they were eating nobu oh sick and it was it just made me laugh to think of i don't know whatever tax dollars were going towards feeding <laughs> these former nfl offensive linemen martial artists turn private contractors turned secret service agents for world leaders and that they would have to eat, you know, right. they're eating uni for $60 yeah, rock a pop. shrimp tempura <laughs> and the black miso cod yeah. and how many plates of that it would take to feed these guys. That's funny. Uh, it was very funny. That's to me. great. That's so, great. Cool. Awesome. Um, facts with Ryan. Facts with Ryan. Was he lying? <laughs> hmm. Facts with Ryan. Oh, baby. <laughs> the question comes now. Oh, oh no. All right. Three of them, real quick. President Grant smoked 20 cigars per day. Oh, my God. 
Jesus. That's disgusting. Ulysses S. Grant. His, uh, his tomb is in New York. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle backpacks are on sale on TV Store Online for twenty seven ninety five a pop. <laughs> nice. And Sugarloaf Resort has an indoor activity pass at twelve dollars per day. Solid. Solid. Real quick, somebody asked us about what the name of the Truman do- uh, bio was. It's called Truman. 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 Really good. I'm racing through it. I mean, now I'm, I say racing. I'm reading about like 50 pages a day, wow. which takes a long time. Yeah. Yeah. That's I wake you, up, you really like it. I'm waking up at like 5.30, 6 a.m. to read for two hours before I start my day. Looking forward to reading it's means you're really best. in a good one. Yeah. It's the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Chris, did you have something? All right. Um, Where can we find you? Performing live comedy, Julio. Next month, I'm in New Jersey and Boston. Um, I forget the specific dates, but tickets are on my website, notjulio.com. Bunch of stuff coming up after that as well. Uh, check it out. Also, check out Bubkiss, May 4th. Comes wow. out. I'm in the last episode, spoiler alert, but the show is really good, top to bottom. Uh, a lot of good, funny people in there, so check it out. Pretty sick. Uh, awesome. I will be in San Francisco this weekend with Lil Sasquatch at Cobb's Comedy Club. Some tickets left for that. And uh, then the in May 12th, we're at Charlestown Races Hollywood Casino. And we're going to go out and uh, play some blackjack and gamble with you guys after the show. So we hope you'll join us there. Uh, tickets for both of those at FrancisEllis.com. And then we're going to add a few more dates uh, and some, some dates coming up in the fall, too. So keep your eyes peeled. We'll, we'll be hitting the big cities, you know, Boston, D.C., et cetera, et cetera. Much love. Uh, that's Oops the Podcast. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next Thursday. Sweet.